Uh, we're going to read from God's Word now. Uh, we're going to be reading from the book of Luke, uh, chapter 14, verses 15 to 24. Give you a moment to find that in your uh, Bibles. You'll know that you're there when you find uh, the heading, which is the parable of the great banquet, uh, which also is about my Christmas dinner. I've got plenty more dad jokes, and that one came from. So, Luke chapter 14, starting from verse 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I, on my way, to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Morning again for me, and uh, it'd be great to look at this marvel together. First up, have an upgrade. Let's, let's pray. Our great God and Heavenly Father, as we uh, embark on a new year uh, and we take the time now to, to look at this parable together, please uh, speak to us right now. Uh, help us see uh, what you're saying to us, help us uh, be moved by it. Help us think deeply about what's going on and what you're saying to the people then, but what you're saying to us right now as well. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I'm a big fan of Hamish and Andy. You might have heard them. They're a comedy duo who do all these sort of silly sort of skits and things at times. Uh, And back in 2015, they did an experiment to see if people would take up an offer that seemed too good to be true. Uh, Hamish dressed up in a disguise, he stood up on a busy city street in in Melbourne, I think it was, uh, and he offered people the chance to see their very own private Ed Sheeran concert, Ed Sheeran show. And he offered it for only $2. Now, downstairs from there, uh, Ed Sheeran was actually there. Uh, He was sitting uh, with a guitar in hand, ready to play for anyone who was happy to pay $2 to go and see him. Uh, and Hamish was up on the street asking people to come and watch. Now it ended up taking 
two hours and 23 minutes before finally someone said, yes, I'll pay the two bucks, I'll go and see Ed Sheeran. Uh, a couple finally agreed. Uh, they sat there nervously, uh, they were wondering what was going to happen, uh, and the curtain got drawn back, and there, to their amazement, was Ed Sheeran. Uh, he played in the song. Two bucks, they got their own private show. Now, countless numbers of people have, have turned down this amazing offer. Uh, and as you watch it, you think, you fools, what are you doing? Ed Sheeran's right there, you can go and have a show for two bucks in a small amount of your time. What are you doing? Uh, but then you realise, actually, you know what? I probably would have walked past as well. I wouldn't have believed that that offer was available to me. And I would have missed the opportunity like everyone else. Well, today, uh, we're going to see another missed opportunity. Uh, and it's a missed opportunity that's actually far greater than uh, a $2 head shearing show. Uh, instead, we're going to look at a people who are missing the greatest opportunity ever. Uh, as we see them walk by this opportunity, we'll probably think, you fools, what are you doing? Uh, but it will make us consider whether we're actually at risk of doing the exact same thing. Uh, it will make us think about, is this an opportunity that we're actually missing right now? So, let's have a look at this story together from Luke 14. Uh, it would be great if you have your Bibles open as we do that. Uh, and first, let's look at the, the setting uh, and the statement. Uh, you can see there, verse 1 of Luke 14 tells us that Jesus is eating uh, at the house of a Pharisee. Uh, and the Pharisees were kind of the religious people of the time. Uh, and the setting is people uh, are sitting around, eating together. And you get the sense that it's probably uh, quite a close gathering, but also quite a closed gathering. Uh, it only involves the kind of who-who of the religious world. And you can tell that because Luke goes to the, the, the effort of saying it's the house of a prominent Pharisee. Uh, he also explains in the verses that follow after verse 1 that uh, the, the guests are doing all this kind of clamouring, trying to get the best seats, fighting each other. Who can get the best spot at the table? Uh, and Jesus has to rebuke him for that. Uh, he also has a word to him in verses 12 to 14 about uh, not just inviting your mates to a dinner, uh, not just inviting people that can pay you back in some way, uh, but instead invite people that have no way of paying you back. And so it feels like Jesus is there at this dinner, uh, and he's being a bit of a party pooper. Uh, they've gathered, they've got their important little religious club, their little clique, uh, and Jesus is saying stuff that makes it a little bit challenging. Now, it's a bit like someone reminding you about the poor in Africa, just as you're about to go get your third helping of dessert. <laughs> Uh, but into this setting, uh, slightly awkward already, but this religious who's who, uh, we see one of the guests in verse 15 uh, say something to Jesus. Uh, he opens his mouth and says, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. Now earlier in Israel's history, uh, the prophets had talked about this feast of the kingdom of God being uh, something that happens when God's kingdom kind of kicks into gear at the end. But they said that the kingdom of God will be like a massive banquet, uh, a big party uh, with no expense spared. Uh, Isaiah 25, 6 says, The Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, uh, a banquet of aged wine, the best meats, the finest of wines. And so perhaps to change the subject or maybe kind of break the awkwardness in the room, this guest says, you know, how good is this 
kingdom feast going to be at the end of time? Now, he could be saying it out of kind of genuine excitement. He is excited for this feast that's coming. Uh, but I suspect, uh, you know, given the kind of high-flying nature of this gathering, he's actually more trying to impress Jesus. He's trying to impress Jesus with some piety. You know, no doubt, uh, as a Pharisee, as a Jew, you know, this person is kind of confident that they're going to be at this banquet. Now, it's a pious saying by someone who thinks they've actually got it all sorted. Now, someone who thinks they're okay, someone who thinks they've got a place in heaven, someone who thinks they've got a seat at the table. Now, they've scored themselves a seat at this current dinner that they're at, and so they're confident, I'm going to have a seat at the final banquet. Now, it feels to me a little bit like some of those empty platitudes that you sometimes hear uh, at non-Christian funerals. You know, people don't really know what to say, but they feel like, I should say something religious at this point. And so they spout out, ah, well, at least he's gone to a better place. It feels a little bit like that. Now, this person at the dinner uh, has this misplaced confidence in how things work. Now, they say this statement about, you know, how good's the kingdom feast going to be? They're assuming that they're going to be there. They're assuming that Jesus will support their confidence and go, yeah, it's going to be great, you'll be there. But instead... Jesus takes the opportunity to tell this parable that we just read. A parable that actually gives a little snapshot as to what the kingdom banquet will actually be like. And it's a parable that's going to make this person and the other guests sitting around at the dinner table uh, consider, actually, can we be confident that we're going to be at that final dinner? And it's a warning to them that they've actually slipped into religious complacency. And so, let's have a look at the parable. Uh, let's look at the first part, which is the, the invitation and the excuses. Uh, Jesus starts the story by saying about there's a great banquet that's going to happen. Uh, and back then, when you're planning a party, you didn't have, you know, invitations, you didn't have Facebook events, you didnn't have Google Calendar, that sort of thing. Uh, and so, the way it had to happen was that a servant would first go out and, and ask people, do you want to come to uh, a banquet that we're going to hold? Uh, based on the responses that they come back and work out you know, how much food do we have to pay for, how many people are coming. That's kind of what's happening in verse 16 there. And then in verse 17, once the food's ready, once the banquet's ready to go, the servant goes back out and says to everyone, all right, come now, the party's ready, come and enjoy the feast. It's time to party, the food's been cooked. Uh, but Jesus goes on to say that it's during that kind of second round where, where the, the party's ready, come on, you said to come and come along, uh, the servant actually encounters a problem. Uh, have a look there at verse 18. Uh, it says there that they all, right, notice not some of them, but all of them, uh, they all alike began to make excuses. And suddenly these people who'd said earlier, yeah, yeah, we're going to come, they actually start pulling out at the last minute. Uh, and the, the three examples that Jesus gives of, of the reasons they have, uh, what's common across all of them is their extraordinary lameness. Uh, excuses are the right word. They're not reasons. They are excuses. Now, the first says, you know, I've just bought a field. I must go and say, please excuse me. And straight away we think, that's pathetic. Surely if you're buying a field, you go and check it out before you buy. You don't need to go and see it afterwards. 
Uh, so surely that field is not going anywhere anytime soon. Surely that can wait until after the wedding banquet, uh, the, the feast. Uh, the second lame excuse, verse 19 is similar. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Again, like the field, wouldn't you try out the oxen first before buying them or check them out to see if they're healthy? Wouldn't you have tested them? You know, not many of us, I think, have bought oxen recently. Maybe you have, sorry if you have. I don't think many of us have bought oxen. Uh, but I think it's like saying, you know, I've just bought a car and now I'm going to take it for a test drive. You don't do that. If you take it for a test drive first, if this is a lame excuse. Now, surely this is not urgent business. Surely this is something you can wait after this awesome party that's been put on for you. Uh, the third excuse then comes in verse 20. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. Now, at first glance, you know, this one seems like, well, maybe, maybe it's plausible. Maybe you know that in Deuteronomy 24, verse 5, it says that the recently married need to stay home uh, uh, for the first year. But if you read that properly, you know, actually, no, in reality, that's about staying home from military service, not from a, a wedding party or a banquet, or a social gathering. Uh, and we also need to realise that, that marriage in that society is not a, a quick, abrupt decision. It could hardly have been unexpected between that first invitation, hey, we're having a party, do you want to come? And the second one, the party's already come along. You see, what would be clear uh, to all the people sitting around the table with Jesus is that all these excuses are just rubbish. They're just transparent fabrications. They're the, the kind of the dog out of homework kind of excuses. And they're actually deliberate slaps in the face, actually. Now, each of the people in their own way are saying, you know, to be honest, there's stuff I'd rather be doing than hanging out at your party. They're prioritising uh, possessions or work or family over this invitation that's been given to them. And Jesus is saying, actually, it's the same with the invitation to the kingdom of God, uh, to that banquet. You know, people turn their back on that uh, for many reasons and, and, and for the sake of mere trivialities for the pursuit of material gain, personal pleasure. You know, they choose these things instead of accepting God's invitation. Now at this point, uh, the people sitting around the table are starting to squirm a bit. It's a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, but Jesus actually hasn't finished yet. Now, he's about to drop a final bomb. And he's going to give a, a sting in the tail like many of his parables have. Uh, let's move on to see that in our third point. Uh, the unlikely and the complacent. Uh, the people have all rejected the, the invitation to banquet, but then look at verse 21. Uh, the servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant to go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. So the servant said, well, what you've ordered has been done, but, but there's still more room. Then the master told his servant, go into the roads and the country roads and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. But I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. 
The, the sting in the tail is that all these kind of unlikely people end up coming in and enjoying the banquet, whereas the people that were invited and, and foolishly declined that invitation, they don't end up with anything. They don't get a bite. They don't get a crumb. They don't even get a taste of the banquet. The sting in the tail is that the, the kind of unlikely outsiders, they're on the inside, aren't they? Uh, the complacent insiders, they're on the outside. And this is really a, a massive kind of bombshell for these Pharisees sitting around the table with Jesus. Now they would have been first sitting there thinking, yeah, what are those fools doing not coming to the banquet? And then realising, wait a minute, Jesus is actually talking about us here. Now, Jesus is using his parable to say to them, you know, don't be so sure of yourself. Now, don't assume that you are going to be at the kingdom feast. Just because you're at this private little gathering, don't think you're going to be at the kingdom feast. He's saying to the people sitting around you, you are like the people who get the initial invitation. Now, you've been part of the nation of Israel who have been in a, a privileged position. You know about the kingdom. You know about the banquet that's coming. Uh, your first invitation came back in the Old Testament where the prophets were speaking to you. And saying to these Pharisees, these religious types, you're now rejecting the second invitation. Now, Jesus is saying he's the one bringing them this second urgent invitation. Come and join in the kingdom by believing in me. The banquet's ready. But they're rejecting it, aren't they? Now they're turning their back, back on the banquet by rejecting Jesus. And the consequence of their refusal is that all the unlikelies have come in. And Jesus is referring to the Gentiles, the surrounding nations. They're actually going to come in and enjoy the kingdom. Uh, the unlikely people will gladly accept the call to the peace. And so, can you see that there's this massive irony? The ones who were expecting to enter the banquet... Uh, because they've received advance invitation to the prophets, they're going to miss out. But the ones who expected to be shut out, they're on, they're on in, aren't they? Even the ones who haven't even heard of the banquet yet, they're going to join in with this feast at the end. Now, it reminds me a bit of the story of the, the hare and the tortoise race. You know that well, don't you? Now, the hare is way up ahead that goes to sleep near track. He thinks he's got it sorted. He thinks he's the easy winner. He thinks he's got the unbeatable lead. Meanwhile, the tortoise just goes by while he is snoozing on the track. You see, the puffed up, righteous people, they'll end up losing their seats to the poor, the humble, the lowly. The least will make the way for the complacent. And Jesus is really making an astonishing suggestion here, isn't he? Now, he's saying that people could actually be personally invited to the kingdom of God and yet they'll decline. It's astonishing, isn't it? And so, you know, not only is this story shocking for the Pharisees, but I think it's shocking for us as well. And firstly, because we too have been invited to the Jesus Kingdom banquet. And we need to see this is an invitation that can be missed. It's an invitation that's not currently open. If we make other things, even good things like work and family, a priority over coming to the peace of the kingdom, we might find we shut out. 
the gospel message every day proclaims to, to everyone. A, a glorious invitation. You know, it says, come, everything is ready for you. And it's ready because Jesus has died for you. Uh, you can come and be part of the kingdom of banquet because of Jesus. Come, come along, it's ready. But if we refuse to accept the invitation, if we say, no, no thanks, I've got something better to do, We'll have no share in rich blessings. And then someone else will come in and take our spot at the table. Now I think this is particularly a, a word of warning for you if you've grown up uh, in the church. There's a risk, isn't there? If you're sort of surrounded by the church, you kind of think, oh yeah, I know what this is all about. I've got a, I've got a seat at the table. Uh, you think you know the message. There's a risk that you keep putting off the invitation, isn't there? Now you might see ahead of you in life the so-called success sequence. You know, the bucket list of things that the people want to enjoy before they die. And you end up focusing on that. You know, you finish school, you get your driver's license, you get a job, you get a car, get a degree, get a, get a husband or wife, get a house, get an oxen, get a field. Uh, and we spend all this time uh, chasing this stuff, while at the same time rejecting the invitation. And we chase good things, but all the time missing out on the greatest thing. It can often be an attitude, isn't it? I'll get more serious about God after school, license, marriage, whatever. After I'm retired, even maybe. This is saying, no, this is urgent. Don't miss the opportunity. Don't, don't focus on temporary physical stuff and, and miss the eternal gift. There's no place in the kingdom of God for people who make feeble excuses and put a second rank in. Okay, by all means, get the degree, get the family, the car, the home, whatever, but, but do it with a kingdom perspective. You know, Matthew 6.33, Jesus says, Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You know, I once went to a friend's house for dinner, uh, and on the way, uh, Jackie said to my wife, Jackie said to me, oh, I think we're having pizza there, but, but she wasn't quite sure. But uh, we got there, and sure enough, we're sitting around a wood-fired pizza oven, and out come these pizzas regularly, uh, and I'm just eating way too many, but it's okay, I'm just enjoying these pizzas. Uh, but what she and I didn't realise was that the pizzas were only the entree. They were just the starters, and then suddenly from the kitchen out comes this massive bowl of food for me to eat for main course. Uh, and for the one time in my life, I said, no, sorry, I can't eat that. I've, I've filled up on the entree. I missed this awesome, amazing main course because I thought the pizza were all that were coming. And isn't that a risk for many people today? Now, they think this life is all that there is. They think that this life is the main course when it's only the entree. We're so distracted by the here and now, actually end up missing out on something so much better. Don't miss the banquet. And so friends, first up, don't be that person. And finally as well, though, I think there's also an encouraging, uh, an encouragement for us to be people that are also about inviting the unlikely ones. It's an encouragement for us to not miss the opportunity to, to send the invitation out ourselves. Now, aren't we to be people that, that go out of our way to invite those uh, who look least likely to enter the kingdom of God? Now, I know I tend to kind of prejudge who I think will accept the gospel message. I think, oh no, they're not going to accept it, or oh, maybe they will, or whatever. 
But this is just saying, hey, show hospitality, share the gospel with everyone, send the invitations out, go to the country lanes, go far, go wide. And what this links back to is actually what Jesus had just told the people at the dinner before this parable. If we look back at verse 12, Jesus said to the folks, that when you give a luncheon or a dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, your rich neighbours. If you do, they might invite you back and so you'll be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid the resurrection of the righteous. I.e., don't spend all your time just showing hospitality to your little clique, only giving to people who will give something back to you. No, extend your hospitality, extend the gospel out far, out wide. Now, this might mean you might literally invite uh, the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, or, or it might be you invite the spiritually poor spiritually blind and who knows as you invite them they might accept the gospel invitation they might take a seat that someone else is complacent uh, and left it vacant because in God's kingdom it doesn't matter where you come from what, what your status is now these things mean nothing in God's economy all that matters is whether you accept the invitation or not all that matters is whether you hold out your hands and accept the free gift of grace and offer to you, or whether you just walk on by, whether you miss the opportunity. And so let me now pray that we be people that accept the invitation for ourselves, but also people that extend that invitation out to others, that we tell people about the banquet that's coming, uh, the banquet that we do not want them to miss. Uh, let me pray. Heavenly Father, as we start uh, another year together, 2023, uh, we, we pray that we be people that put you first in our lives, that we uh, see the call of the kingdom. Uh, we want to live for you and, and accept that generous offer for you, that we can be part of your kingdom. Uh, if, if there's someone here who hasn't yet accepted your invitation to follow you, uh, I pray that we do that today. Uh, help us see the truth of the gospel, that uh, as you hold out your hand and say, come, uh, be a part of the banquet, be a part of uh, the kingdom of God. Uh, and I pray, Father, for those around us who, who we know don't yet uh, follow you, uh, help us to behold this year and inviting them along. Uh, I pray that this year we'd see heaps of people accept the invitation, and they wouldn't miss the opportunity that they'd come to faith in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.